welcome to Positive Talk Radio, the classics. We've uh, been offering terrific content for well over 20 years. Presented here are some of the very best interviews and fun episodes from the archives. While the content may have originally aired years ago, the information provided is timeless. Please enjoy this episode because coming up, it's Gary Zukoff and Linda Francis, and we're going to talk about their book and their their life and what they're doing. The numbers are not active at this time, so please just enjoy this episode. Welcome to Positive Talk Radio. We're a different kind of radio talk show because we feature great guests discussing everything that is life, our bodies, mind, and great human spirit, and all the while adding a little laughter. We have fun, entertaining, enlightening, and yes, even educating everyone that listens, including ourselves. I hope that you will join your host, Kevin McDonald, and his friends right now for Positive Talk Radio. Welcome back to Positive Talk Radio for the second hour. My name is Kevin McDonald, and we're excited. We have Gary Zukoff here. He's coming up in just a couple of moments. But before we do that, all this week, we are doing something really fun with, uh, um, well, with Nicole over here. So, Nicole. <laughs> You're doing something fun with me? Of I course aware. we are. <laughs> You're on the radio, and we're having a good time with it. There we go. And tell us what we're doing all this week. Well, actually, today is the last CD we have to give away because they will be here tomorrow. All this week, we have given away um, one of Deva Pramal or Maten's CDs. They are going to be on the show tomorrow from 11 to 12. So we are giving the last CD away today. This is their new CD that is actually Maten's CD with Deva Pramal. And it's the song, uh, Songs for the Inner Lover. Ooh. And so they will be in studio tomorrow from 11 to 12. They are performing tomorrow night at 7.30 at the Scottish Rite Masonic Center. And that's uh, up in the Broadway area. Uh, let's see. Tickets can be purchased at www.ticketwindowonline.com. Or you can go to the East West Bookshop for walk-up sales only. And this one today, for some reason, is just really powerful very simple and very powerful for me it reminds me to stop and take a breath and remember the little things in life that there are so many magnificent things around us the air we breathe the colors in the sky listen to it with not just your ears but with your heart and your soul and remember to take time for the little things in life so and you didn't even write that down. That we was, didn't. That came from the heart. So we are going to give it away to the 10th caller today because these CDs have become so popular. And the number is 425-373-5527 or 1-888-298-5569. Very good. And uh, that is the 10th caller so so i hope you'll we're gonna run this for a little bit so uh i i get the impression that you'd like to take the cd home because we're not going to get that many calls is that what you're thinking <laughs> well we are darn it so, i know we'll so give it away it will be um so with the 10th caller and that number is 425-373-5527 or 888-298-kknw and please listen to the song and we'll be right back waves are coming Waves are coming Oh 
Positive talk. That is a Nicole. That is a gorgeous song. Thank you. It's been really fun this week bringing this music to the listeners, and the listeners have just responded tremendously. The phones have been ringing off the hook. So, thank you to all the listeners who kept trying to call in. Today we had uh, Penny Longhorn who won the CD, and she's very excited. So, yay for Penny! <laughs> Good for her. And tomorrow again, they will be on from eleven to twelve. And we will be giving two pairs of premiere tickets away during the show tomorrow. That would include two seats in the first six rows and VIP parking. So everybody listen again tomorrow so we can find out more about their story. And they will be be in studio. They will be in studio and I'm hoping they will play a little bit and uh, talk a little bit. Oh, I'm sure they will. It'll be wonderful. Speaking of being excited, when I decided well over a year ago that I wanted to do this radio show and that I was kind of driven into this path of trying to bring very enlightened people to the community. One of the first people that I was introduced to actually a couple of years ago was uh, the author of Seed of the Soul and Gary Zukoff. And uh, um, Gary had a profound impact with that book in my life, which has led that and other things has led to this show. And so I'm extraordinarily pleased to welcome to the show Gary Zukoff and uh, Linda Francis. Hello there. How are you two? Hello, Kevin. <laughs> it's a pleasure to be here. Hello, Kevin. Good to be here with you. And I want, just want to let you know that Nicole's going to be sitting in on the interview with us. And uh, and thank. I'm glad you're here in Washington, although you could have picked a better day, you think? <laughs> well, I think it's a beautiful day. In Hawaiian culture, when it rains, it's a blessing. If a wedding gets rained on, it's a very special day. So I understand there's a lot of blessings here in Seattle. (laughs) What a great attitude. (laughs) Today we are really blessed because, uh, um, number one, the reason it's so green up here is because it rains a lot. And uh, and so we're very happy about that. And, And so you are here because you have an event this evening. Let's start off with that, shall we? We have an event that celebrates a book that Linda Francis and I wrote called The Mind of the Soul, Responsible Choice. And uh, we're going to be, I believe it's at the Unity Church of Seattle tonight. Correct. And it is a real pleasure for us. We decided that instead of having a book tour where we talk for a few minutes and then sign books, that we would actually create an event that could provide people with something powerful and effective that they can use at home and for the rest of their lives. And that's what this workshop is about. And it has to do with choice. The book that you've written, which is Mind of the Soul, and its companion piece, The Self-Empowerment Journal, is a very powerful thing that you're doing. Talk a little bit about that, where that came from, and the vision for it. Well, go ahead, yeah, I, can, I can say uh-huh. some things, Kevin. Um, of course, The Seed of the Soul was... Um, a very important book to me, too, Kevin. Uh, I actually read The Dancing Wooly Masters in 79, and that was important to me. And then 10 years later, when when Gary published The Seed of the Soul, I hadn't met him yet, but um, the book was so important to me. 
but I didn't know how to put it into my life, really. It changed my life in, in ways in my thinking, and, and I actually thought, well, gosh, she wrote the words that I knew inside were true, but I didn't really know how to make it happen in my life. So when I met Gary a couple of years later, we began to experiment with being in spiritual partnership with creating authentic power. What does that really mean with becoming emotionally aware, with making responsible choices in our life? And uh, for me, it's been such an incredible and profound journey um, that I've been on for a long time. But when I got together with Gary, uh, we really worked with ourselves in such a deep way, and the books came from that, the, the Heart of the Soul that we published a couple of years ago about emotional awareness, and now the Mind of the Soul, all about responsible choices, and we decided to do a journal with it because we felt like so many people are so interested in growing, but they um, want some support in being able to um, find uh, ways to experiment with their life and ways to uh, do exercises and look at things differently in their life. Because, of course, we know that if we're doing things the same way, we're going to get the same result. So we are just um, supporting people in, in ways uh, to look at things in a very different ways than they might have done before. And, um, and that's, what we, that's why we're here. That's why we wrote the books. Well, I, what I love about them is with the two pieces. See, so many people would like to say, I would like to make the right choices and I would like to make different choices in my life, but they haven't had, they don't have any earthly idea how to go about getting all that done. But Kevin, the way I look at it, it's not really possible to make a wrong choice in your life. It's possible to make a choice that creates painful consequences that you have to experience. And it's possible to make choice. And I've made lots of those choices, by the way. Haven't we all? Yes, and it's also possible to make choices that create healing, constructive consequences, and those are the choices that I now strive to make as often as possible. But whether you make a choice that creates painful consequences or healing consequences, you have the opportunity to learn from the consequences that you create, and when you encounter them, then you are also meeting the necessity of choosing again which means that every moment in your life offers you an opportunity to choose anew. If you choose anew what you chose in the past, you will create what you created in the past. So if you're creating isolation and loneliness, if you're creating anger and bitterness, if you are creating anything that's painful, take a look. And the next time you have to make a choice, which will be very shortly, decide if you want to continue to creating that or you want to create something else. When we, we need to take a break. When we come back, I'd like to talk about that. How do we consciously create something else if our whole life has been spent in recreating the same guck? We'll be right back. For some reason, I'd saved that catalog to look at later. That discover you thing got in my head. Let's sit here. Anyway, I started thinking about Discover Me, Susan. Silly, I mean, I've been to school, I've got a job, friends, nice life, but uh, Discover You turned out to be all kinds of things I'd never experienced because, well, because. (laughs) So Discover You's where I tried watercolors. Also where Sheila and I learned to play golf and where Kenny got to be such a wine guru. And I've met more fun people. Discover You's added so much more to my life. A lot of new things that are important to me. So come on, say it again. That watercolor I gave you, you actually put it right in the middle of your beautiful living room. Discover You classes make great gift certificates. Call 206-365-0400 to buy one today. That's 206-365-0400 and tell them Positive Talk sent you. All Pets and People, naturally, is an all-natural, organic, holistic pet boutique store for all pets and for all types, not just a dog and cat food store. Located next to Juanita Veterinary Hospital in Kirkland, we believe in the old-fashioned farm foods and recipes they fed their pets years ago. With the back-to-basics methods of today, having nutrients, essential balanced omegas, supplements, probiotics, enzymes, vitamins, and minerals. At For All Pets Naturally, we carry only the natural, organic, or human-grade, free-range, chemical-free ingredients in our food lines to include vegan and frozen raw and cooked food diets. Help maintain your pet's overall wellness, keeping them more lively, active, and increase their longevity. 
Our goal at For All Pets Naturally is to provide personal attention and service to everyone. We have the latest research, resources, and information available to give you a healthy alternative. If it's out there, we'll find it for you. Visit our website for details at www.allpetspeoplenaturallycalm.verizonsupersite.com or call us directly at Welcome back to Positive Talk Radio. You're listening to KKNW 1150 AM. My name is Kevin McDonald. I'm your host here on Positive Talk. And we have the extraordinary privilege of interviewing Gary Zukoff and Linda Francis. They are here for an event tonight at Seattle Unity. They have written the new book, The Mind of the Soul, Responsible Choice, and as well as the journal, Self-Empowerment Journal, Uh, which is a companion piece to Mind of the Soul. Because I assume that what we're looking to do here is to help people understand to make the best choices and to get out of the choices that maybe they've made their whole life? That's right, Kevin. If not so much the best choices in the sense that someone should choose this or should choose that, but you can look at choices uh, the way you might look at causes and effects. Every choice is a cause and it has an effect. You know, when you throw a rock straight up in the air, you watch it pretty carefully because you know it's going to come down somewhere. (laughs) Well, when you make a choice, it creates consequences. And you can look at that choice as throwing a rock up into the air, and that rock is the consequences. And once you throw it up, which means once you make a choice, it's going to come down right on you. And it doesn't matter if you get under the desk, go inside, run away. It's going to come right back down on you. So in the East, this is called karma. And in the West, it's called the golden rule. Now, you can take advantage of knowing about that by paying attention to the choices you're making. And here's the thing. Some people, in fact, a lot of people, and I was one of them, don't realize that they don't realize that some of the things they think are not choices are actually choices. For example, if you're somebody who usually shouts when you get angry, and I know a lot about anger because I've been working on it for a long time, if you're the kind of person that shouts when you get angry, you probably don't think of shouting as a choice. You think it's a natural thing for you to do, but it actually is a choice. In other words, you don't have to shout just because you get angry. You don't have to create all the consequences of that shouting creates just because you're angry. Now, what are those consequences? You scare people. You intimidate them. You frighten them. You can't create the intimacy with them that you want because they don't want to open themselves to you. And as a result, you feel lonely and isolated. Those are the consequences that you create by shouting. So isn't it exciting to realize that you don't have to shout just because you get angry? You can choose to do something else and create different consequences. The power of choice is an extraordinary thing, and it comes with a responsibility, doesn't it? Exactly right. Exactly right, Kevin. You cannot choose some things. You cannot always choose the consequences you will encounter, for example. And you can never. Yeah, you cannot choose the experiences that you encounter, the circumstances that you encounter, and. You cannot choose the emotional experience that you will encounter as you come into the different circumstances of your life, but you can always choose your response, and that's where you can begin to exercise your power, by choosing your response consciously. I'll give you another example, um, Kevin. Uh, some people and are like me, where I used to get angry, but I wouldn't say anything. I would just kind of seethe inside or feel resentful or judge people but not say anything. Uh, that's another way of being angry but not, not dealing with it, not really dealing with it. But now, if I get angry and I start having judgmental thoughts about someone, I'm not shouting, but I feel the 
view of what's going on inside of me, and I hear the judgments that are going on in my mind, but then I make a conscious choice to look at the situation in a different way. Instead of having to continue to judge someone, when I catch those thoughts, I stop it. Here's an example of that, of just what Linda was talking about. Linda and I were talking to a young couple in New York, and she was describing how she and her husband like to go out of the city on the weekends, refresh themselves, and come back relaxed. However, they began to notice that by the time they got back in the city and were walking up the stairs, they were irritable, they were arguing, and at each other again. And then they began to notice that this phenomena seemed to start when they reached the Lincoln Tunnel on their way back to their apartment. So they realized that coming back to the city without them being aware of it started to change the beautiful, relaxed energy that they had between them. They started to think about the stresses at work, the email that was waiting for them. And the Lincoln Tunnel, they realized, began to be their trigger for getting back into their old energy. So they decided not to let that happen. And instead, now, as they approach the Lincoln Tunnel, they use that as their signal to consciously stay in the beautiful energy that they've created for themselves over the weekend. Now, that's a choice that has changed their lives much for the better. They didn't have to become irritable. They didn't have to act on their irritability just because they were returning to their old work environment and their home environment. Is learning how to consciously choose what's happening in your life something that you learn? Are you gifted with it innately? How does that work? Uh, For me, it's something that I definitely had to learn. I didn't learn to make conscious choices when I grew up. Um, my, my parents didn't know how to do it any better than, than I knew how to do it. They uh, didn't even know that they had choices. But what we're saying is that you do. You do have choices about the way that you respond. You don't have choices about um, if you feel jealous, um, you feel jealous. But you do have a choice about the way you react, the way you respond rather than react, I should say. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's so many things. For instance, Kevin... Um, I grew up thinking that I was inferior to most people, and I, when I met Gary, I felt very inferior to him because I'd read his books, and they were so important to me, I thought, I can't talk to this person. But I knew that I was somehow uh, being connected with Gary. We were, we, I could see that, that there was some kind of a relationship building between us, and I knew that I had to look, begin to look at that part of me that felt so inferior in a different way, or we wouldn't have a relationship. So I began to, I'll call it challenge that part of me that felt inferior. In other words, I felt that there was a part of me that was very frightened, that, that looked at other people as inferior, and particular Gary, in particular Gary, I'll be talking about him, because I learned to challenge every time I felt inferior to Gary, to say to myself, I feel that in my body, I feel physical sensations, especially in my solar plexus area, in my, in my abdominal area. But when I would feel that, I would know that I'm, I'm feeling inferior and, and the thoughts I would get. But then I would choose differently, and I would begin to interact with Gary as an equal. And I did that over and over and over again until I began to uh, not have those feelings nearly as often. Because mm-hmm. there's a lot of fear in there, too, yes, isn't there? Yes, Absolutely. But you don't have to respond. You don't have to act the way you usually act when you're frightened. You can instead do what Linda's suggesting, put your attention inside your body. That means put your attention on your throat area, your chest area, your solar plexus area, and see what physical sensations are there when you're upset or frightened. And you'll find that there are physical sensations and that they're uncomfortable. And as you become familiar with them, you'll see, in fact, that they're painful. Now, while you're feeling that, then what will your choice be? Here's an example. I love the story of a man who came home to find that his house was on fire and his children were inside dancing and playing in the house without being aware of the fire. And he was terrified. And his first thought was to yell, get out, get out. But he knew that his children would take his words and incorporate them into their games and they would start dancing and singing, get out, get out. So instead, he decided to do something else. He said, kids, I've got candy for you. It's over here. Come and get it. And the children ran out of the house and over to him. Now, that was a choice that created constructive consequences that were far superior to what he would have created if he'd acted on his fear. And you can do the same thing. You can become aware 
when you are frightened or angry or jealous or depressed. And just because you're feeling that way doesn't mean that you have to react, which means act again in the way that you have in the past and create what you have in the past. You can choose differently, and therefore you can create differently. I know that in your past, Gary, that you are a former Green Beret. Yes, I was a former Green Beret, and before that, I was an angry, bitter, judgmental man, young man at the time. I was also a sex addict. I spent most of my time thinking about where I was going to find sex and how I was going to pay my rent. It was a life at the time that was very painful. But I didn't look at myself as a sex addict. I looked at myself as someone who was manly. I looked at myself as someone who was just loving, so sex was a way that I expressed my love whenever I could find another loving person, which means another sex addict. I thought that it was admirable to have notches on my pistol grip because that's how I looked at life when I came out of the Army. That was a very painful life in retrospect. And I have come a long way from that life to who I am now. I'm not angry nearly as much as I was then. I used to run five or seven miles a day at a pretty good pace. But while I was running and I thought I was healthy, I was having violent fantasies or sexual fantasies. So you can ask yourself, how healthy was I? How healthy was I really? Not that healthy. Now, I want to share this, that if I can make the transition from who I was then to who I am now, which was a good one and a big one, anyone can. And I'm not saying that my job is over. Creating authentic power, real power in your life, a life of meaning and joy and fulfillment and creativity is a process. It's not an event. It goes on continually, and it will continue until the time you die. And if you don't create authentic power in your life, you'll die the way you are now. If you're angry, you'll die angry. If you're feeling inferior, you'll die feeling inferior. If you want to die a death of a person who is joyful, fulfilled, creative, exciting, and grateful for life, then start the process of becoming that person now. And you do that through your choices. So you can live a life like that before you die. That's right. The life you die is the life you live. They're not different. And we'll be right back with more with Gary Zukoff and Linda Francis. Stay with us, please. Welcome back to Positive Talk Radio. My name is Kevin McDonald, and you're listening to KKNW 1150 AM. We are very, very, did I say very pleased to have Gary Zukoff and Linda Francis with us, and Nicole is here, and uh, we are talking about their new book, The Mind of the Soul. Of course, Gary Zukoff is the author of Seat of the Soul, as well as Soul Stories and Heart of the Soul. And he is with his companion, Linda Francis, and we're thankful that you're here. And I want to ask you, because this has been rattling around in my brain for the last 24 hours. His and, and Nicole, please uh, 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 chime in. But how do you live authentically every day? Oh, Kevin, that is a beautiful question to have. I believe that's a question that's been rattling around in millions of people's lives for quite a while. And that is what we wrote, that is the heart... <laughs> The Mind of the Soul for Responsible Choice. We wrote it to help people create lives that are worth getting out of bed for in the morning. Lives of less pain and more joy. And that's the same way, that's the same thing as saying lives that are more authentic. Everyone that's listening to your show, because it's called Positive Talk, is probably someone who wants to live a life of harmony and cooperation and sharing and reverence for life. And that's appropriate because these are the intentions of the soul from my perspective. So the question becomes, why aren't you? Why why is there a discrepancy between your ideals and your aspirations and your behavior? And the answer is that discrepancy brings your attention to those parts of your personality that you need to change in order to move into your fullest potential. Those parts of your personality are frightened. Those are the parts of your personality that create pain in you when you experience them. In other words, they are the parts that are angry, jealous, resentful, feel inferior, 
or superior. They try to please that are a workaholic, a perfectionist. They can't stop eating or shopping or having mindless sex. All of those parts of your personality come to your attention in the form of pain that you can experience and will experience as you become emotionally aware and also in the form of the painful consequences that they create. And your job, while you are on the earth, from my point of view, is to find in yourself, not in others, in yourself, those parts of your personality and change them. And you change them with your choice. You change them with responsible choice. Responsible choice is a choice that creates consequences for which you are willing to assume responsibility. And as you work to actually create the kind of life that you aspire to have, it's necessary to experience all of the things that prevent you from that life. Your anger, your despair, your jealousy, your hatred, your rage, your ability to kill, your ability to disdain, your critical thoughts. These are all your avenues to spiritual growth. They're not your obstacles or your roadblocks. Uh, Kevin and uh, Nicole, I can give you a good example. Uh, there, is, there are so many things I'd like to talk to you about with that qu- question because it's such a key question, but there are, th- here's one thing. When I got together with Gary, all of, I had had many relationships with many men, uh, you know, different men during, during my lifetime, and um, I'd always uh, be within a partnership. It would start out so beautifully, uh, infatuation, and then I would see that there were things that weren't right. This wasn't the right, I'd find out this wasn't the right person, and then I'd go on to the next to find the right person. And finally, I got to a point in my life when I realized I needed to become the right person. I needed to do make some changes in me, but I didn't know how to do it. So I started uh, just experimenting with my life, and I came in contact with the seat of the soul, and then a couple of years later I met Gary, and I knew in the seat of the soul that I wanted to be in a spiritual partnership, but I didn't know how to create that. So I started, uh, I got into a relationship with Gary, and everything that I hadn't healed in all those relationships that I had left, you know, I'm not saying there were so many, but, you know, in in the relationships that I had left came up when I was with Gary. So every time I would get in a power struggle with him about just about everything you could imagine. But then I started looking at it differently. I thought, well, every time I get in this power struggle with him, I have something to learn about me. So I would stop and feel what I was feeling and just let myself not not do what I usually did, withdraw, or, or Gary might shout, or I, I would withdraw, or whatever we would do. Um, we would stop the struggle right then and sit down and be quiet and feel what we were feeling and then decide how we were going to act with each other because we knew it wasn't worth acting uh, the way that this part that was so frightened, the part that of me that was so frightened that wanted to make him wrong and blame him, because I knew for sure I was right. But I also knew that 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 was a part of me that was frightened, or I wouldn't be wanting to do that. And so we stopped that. We every time we have that power, every time we have that energy to get in a power struggle, we stop and we just sit quietly and feel what we're feeling, and then decide what we're going to do. It's exactly what we've been talking about in the book, The Mind of the Soul. There's so many more things I could tell you, though. Uh, you know, it's interesting because it sounds like that rather than life as being something that happens to you, that you can take control of your life and the choices that you make. Is yes, that exactly. <laughs> Yay! We exactly have a choice. It. Let's have a party. Yes. Because so many people feel like they have no choice. That This is like, this is just, you know, life is something that just happens to me and it's lousy. Life is something that happens to you, and your responsibility is to choose what you will do when it happens. Now, that's interesting, your responsibility, your ability to respond. So Linda and I are talking about choices that stretch you. The choice to buy a brown sofa instead of a green sofa does not stretch you because no matter which sofa you buy, you're really essentially the same person afterwards. But the choice not to shout when you're angry That stretches you. The choice not to smile vacantly or mindlessly at someone because you feel insecure, that stretches you. It stretches you because it changes you. 
It changes, it begins the process of changing a part of your personality that was unconscious to you. And therefore, you can start to gain control over it. That's how you create authentic power. Your question was how to create an authentic life. And it's through your choices. It's through becoming aware of those parts of yourself that are making choices that are creating destructive consequences. And those are your unconscious choices, your reactions. That's what you do whenever somebody pushes one of your buttons. You know, when you're feeling good and you're feeling on top of the world and then somebody says something and suddenly you're irritable, defensive, you want to argue, that means you got a button pushed. And that's the vernacular for saying a frightened part of your personality became active and came to the foreground of your consciousness. That is a very fertile time in your life because that is a part of your personality that is bringing your attention to it so that you can change it. Because you can't be a positive person, no matter how much you talk about it. You can't be a spiritually evolved person and be angry or jealous or bitter or caught in the addictive sexual energy current. You need to look at those parts of your life and experience them much more than look at them. Feel them, and then change them with your will. And that's what our book is about. And you might say to yourself, well, that's impossible. But this book shows you how it is possible and how to do it. It's not a usual book, as you can tell, Kevin and Nicole. It's a book that is full of exercises it's a, uh, and, and experiments uh, and ways to... And, and in the journal, you can write down exactly what you're learning about yourself, and you can use the journal to work with, with someone who is also interested in the same thing. Um, and that's what I recommend, that if, you, if any of what we're saying hits a note that you, you resonate with, you think, you know what, I think that I would really like to do a little more work in this area of my life, pick up the book and get the journal and start working with it. If that if that's something that really intrigues you and interests you and you see you're learning things, then you could go to our website, www.zukoff.com, and find um, our, our um, um, nonprofit organization, which is called the Seed of the Soul uh, Foundation. And we have many, many um, programs. And In fact, we'll be back in, in Seattle uh, in January, the end of January, uh, for a one-day workshop. And we just love... We just love being able to share what we know with other people because it's not it's it's something that's been working well in our lives and we like to share what we know in the best way we can and I know that's what I'm supposed to be doing and um, we have many many things by the way uh, as our seat of the soul foundation because it's a foundation that has the same intention that we do which is to support people in creating authentic power in their life absolutely one of the things that I am so struck by in the uh, Mind of the Soul, as well as the companion piece of the Self-Empowerment Journal, is that this is not a book that you just read. No. This is a exercise that you can then take control of the choices you make and the responsibility for that on a day-to-day basis with the support of what's in the book and also by going to the website. Isn't that right? That's exactly right, Kevin. I uh, wrote... Uh, three books before Linda and I uh, wrote our first book together. And so as an author, I'm used to writing sentences and chapters and, uh, and uh, letting concepts flow as they unfold. And so it was a re- revolutionary thing for me to even consider the idea of having a book that had exercises in it and practices, much less illustrations, illustrations and diagrams and emphasized thoughts. But as revolutionary as it was, our publisher agreed to support us in this, and the result is a book that, as you pointed out, is not merely a book, it's a tool. And so it's not designed to be merely read, it's designed to be used. And you, it, by the way, cannot change your life. And nothing that Linda or I say can change your life, but you can change your life. And what we enjoy, enjoy doing is providing tools that you can use. And so we suggest that if you hear anything on this show or read anything that we've written that resonates with you, that you experiment by taking it into your life as though it were your own and seeing what it produces in your life. And then if you like what it produces, using it some more. And if you don't, then letting it go. It's your life, and you're responsible for what you create in it. From my perspective, nobody's going to judge you At least the universe is not going to judge you, so why should you judge yourself? 
Look at what you create. If it's painful, then create something else. And eventually, you can create yourself into a compassionate person. Not so that other people will like you or admire you, but because you're tired of the pain that you're living in. It hurts to be angry. It hurts to hate. It hurts to be resentful or vengeful. It hurts to feel superior or inferior. And you can change that. In fact, you're the only one that can, so why not do it? Become a compassionate person for yourself because you don't want to live in the pain of having no compassion. You want to live in a joyful life. And this is how you create it, with your choices. Gary, in your past, we talk about being a Green Beret, and we talked about uh, uh, the anger issues that you had earlier, and that it's your choice as to what you do with them. But when you're angry and you're used to shouting, where do you put your anger? Where does it go? Your anger is not going to disappear. Your anger is always going to come back to show you a part of your personality that you need to change until you change it. And the way you change it is this. You feel it. You start by feeling it. That means feeling the physical sensations in your throat, in your chest, in your stomach while you are angry. And then while you are angry, choosing what you will say and do next. As you do that, you challenge that angry part of yourself. And the more frequently you challenge it, the more it begins to lose power over you. You can't simply say, I'm not going to be angry anymore. Your life doesn't work that way because you have inner work to do. You need to experience that part of yourself that is frightened, so frightened that it needs to shout to try to control people in that manner and to become aware of it, feel it, and then challenge it by deciding what you will do when you do feel it. So, Kevin, I was thinking about an example from my life. I used to be very jealous uh, when I was in a relationship. I would be jealous of, of uh, the men I was with uh, being, you know, being interested in another woman. Mm-hmm. And so when I, came, when I got into the relationship, when Gary and I became spiritual partners, the same thing happened, of course, because I hadn't healed that in me. So when, when I would think that Gary was looking at another woman or we would go to a party and I would think that the other women there were, were um, more, more uh, you know, looked better than I did or something, well, then I would start having jealous feelings. And what I would want to do, which is what I always did when I got jealous, would be withdraw and get angry with my partner because how dare they do that, you know, to me. And I would feel very uh, hurt and I would just uh, go on and on in, inside emotionally. But what I, what I began to do was challenge that frightened part of me that felt so jealous. And I would just sit there quietly and feel what I was feeling and know that whether Gary was looking at someone else or not, that really wasn't the point. The point was I was feeling the emotion. And sometimes I would talk to Gary about it and just say, this is what I'm feeling, not to blame him, but just to say, Oh, boy, I just felt so jealous. You know, I could feel that in my body. It's so painful that I don't want to act on that, and I don't want to withdraw from you just because I'm feeling that way. And so we be- I began to heal that part of me. And so now I get jealous so infrequently. And because so many people want to see Gary, because they've seen him on TV, they know who he is, I don't, I'm just so grateful that I've done so much work on myself that I don't, that I very rarely ever feel that way. And when I do, I know how to deal with, I know how to, to work with that frightened part of me. Because I, I can't say if I'm going to get jealous or not get jealous. That can just happen. But I can do something about how I respond. The difficult part, it seems to me, is uh, to step back when you're in the middle of an emotional outburst, whatever it is, and step back rather than repeating what you did last time. Sometimes that is difficult. That's the work, Kevin. That's where the rubber meets the road. It's your life. If you say to yourself, I'm angry, I shout when I'm angry, that's just who I am, and that can't be changed, so be it. You have just made a choice, and that choice will continue to create consequences for you until you change. Uh, The universe doesn't judge you for being angry and creating painful consequences. In fact, it supports you in learning through painful consequences. The universe doesn't judge you when you create healthy and wholesome consequences. In fact, it supports you in learning through the healthy and wholesome and pleasant consequences that you create. So why not start to create 
the best consequences that you can. This is the spiritual growth deals with the matter of your life, the very stuff and substance of it, and that is your experience. And you are responsible for your experiences. And if you say to yourself, I can't help being jealous, that's just the way that I am, and I withdraw when I am jealous, then you continue to do that, to react every time you're jealous. But as you start to experience your jealousy somatically, and that means in your body, in terms of physical sensations, and while you are feeling that, choose not to withdraw. Choose to do something different. Then you begin to step into your life as a master steps into his life. And that is how you create authentic power. It is a process. And in that process, you begin to use your life as an artist uses a canvas. You begin to paint the picture that you want to be. If you want the world to be more patient, become more patient yourself. If you want the world to become less violent, become less violent yourself. You may think that you're not a violent person, but what is your opinion about violent people? What is your opinion about the people who flew those planes into the Twin Towers? Is it a violent thought? Then look carefully at what you are contributing to the world, because you can contribute something different. It's radical to be able to experience your own power of choice and to use it constructively. But that's what you were born to do. And you'll continue to experience the painful consequences of not doing that until you do begin to use your own power of choice consciously. And, Kevin, I feel the reason that Gary and I uh, wrote The the Heart of the Soul, Emotional Awareness, and the Mind of the Soul, uh, Responsible Choice, and the Companion Journal, the Self-Empowerment Journal, was so that we could give people step-by-step exercises on how to create authentic power, how to create a life of meaning, how to uh, create a life of joy, less, more, less pain and more joy. That's exactly why we wrote these books, because they are, step-by-step, step, how you can do that. Here's an example. When I first uh, wrote The Seed of the Soul, I had at that time gained a reputation as a popularizer of science, because I wrote The Dancing Wu Li Masters, which won the American Book Award for Science. Mm-hmm. And everybody expected that I was going to write a sequel, like Son of Dancing Wooly Masters, <laughs> and provide people with an understanding of cutting-edge science, such as biogenetics. Instead, I found myself writing a book about the soul and the conscious creation of your own experience and about reincarnation and about consciousness that is real, that extends beyond your own death. And I thought to myself, how am I ever going to publish this? I'm going to be ridiculed, and this is certainly not what people are expecting of me. And it was difficult for me, but I knew that if I didn't publish this book, I would have to live with the pain of knowing that I should have published it. So I experienced all of that mm, painful fear about being ridiculed, about being reviewed savagely in the New York Times, and still I knew that I needed to publish this book. I'm very glad that I did, because I probably wouldn't be speaking to you and to our listeners now if I hadn't. But if I had not decided to respond to my fear differently than I had in the past, I would have created very different consequences for myself. Well, I can tell you sitting here that there are millions of people that are glad that you made that decision. We're very glad. (laughs) Well, thank you. And I'm grateful for it, too. Very grateful. And tonight... You're going to be at Seattle Unity. What time does it start? I believe it's 7 o'clock. And I believe there are there tickets available yet? I think there are tickets available at the door. That would be terrific. So Seattle Unity, you have an opportunity to talk with Gary Zukoff and Linda Francis live and in person, as they say. And then you're going to be back at the end of January. Yes. January 31st. And if people want to know more about that, they can go to our website. Zukov.com. Zukov.com. And there is a wealth of information there. There are uh, uh, groups that you can join. There's a whole lot of things that you can get the support that you need to empower yourself to continue your journey regardless of where you are, right? That's right. Exactly. And uh, it's, it's been great fun having you here, Nicole. 
you have been very, very quiet over there. I've just been absorbing everything. It's just so powerful. And I just wanted to um, acknowledge that I think what um, Linda shared about in those moments of stress, just to be able to sit and be quiet and really feel what we're feeling in that moment and where are these emotions coming from, that, wow, if, if every relationship in America did that, our world would just be so different. That it's so hard to sit and take that time in those moments to do that. We're Americans and we're busy and we're on the go and we're rushed to do a million things at once. And, you know, but we're creating um, this. Well, I'm not even saying you have to sit, sit Nicole. Yeah. I'm saying just to, to feel what you're feeling. You may continue to have to do whatever you're doing at your work, right. but you still feel what's going on in your own body and decide what you're going to do. Because that's true. We don't always have time to sit and do that. Right. But what I'm saying is to feel what you're feeling as you're doing what you need to do, because that isn't always what we can do. But bringing the, the awareness to those, yes. to those times. Is... Absolutely. Did you have a question, Nicole? It seems like you had something that you wanted to ask. I'm not sure. You know what? It's it's left my brain. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, what we were what, what her, we were talking about during the break at one point. We've just got a couple of moments left. But but what Nicole said was, how do you not? And this is going to be more than a couple minute answer, I'm afraid. Oh. But but how do you go ahead? Nicole. That question. Yeah, that go ahead. How, was it how do you stop in the moment and and quit repeating the cycles of yes. the same thing over and over again? And I think it's like Groundhog Day. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. I mean, Gary, how did you go from being, as you described yourself, an angry Green Beret to where you are now? Choice by choice. Choice by choice. Day by day. Choice by choice. That's how you do it. This is the spiritual path. Experience what you are feeling and then choose how you will respond to it. The spiritual path is not an end run around or a detour around your agony and your physical distress and your upset and your anger or rage. It is experiencing them experiencing them consciously and then choosing while you are how you will respond as you do that again and again you gain power in your life authentic power and that is the life that you need to create if you want to give the gifts that your soul wants you to give if you want to live the life of fulfillment and joy and excitement and creativity and meaning that is calling to you you need to create it and you do that with your choices and if you don't do it this time, you get to do it next time. But why not this time, Kevin? Exactly. That's really what we're exactly. saying. Why not this time? Well, I have this opportunity. That's why I feel I'm here, to change my life, to be able to give my gifts fully that I have to give. And that's what I feel like I've been doing the last many years. And I'm just so happy about that. Why not the next time you get angry? Why not the next time you get jealous? Or the next time you feel like smiling to make someone else happy and yourself feel more secure that's the time to start and nicole maybe you maybe you don't catch yourself maybe you get jealous or you get angry and you shout or you withdraw but then you catch it afterward and you say oh my gosh look what i did Mm -hmm. instead of getting angry with yourself about that or feeling bad go right back in and say well next time i'm going to catch it sooner Right. Catch us sooner next time. And we've been talking yes. with Gary Zukoff and Linda Francis. Thank you for being here. Unfortunately, we got to go. So, hey, do something positive for yourself. Be nice to somebody else. Have a great day. And we'll see you tomorrow. Thank you, Gary and Linda. Thank and you. we'll see you at Seattle Unity tonight.